يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار وإنما توعدون لآت وما أنتم بمعجزين الله إزهم ويبريز we praise him and we thank him. And we seek refuge in him from the evil of our own souls and the evil of our actions. Whomsoever he guides, none can misguide him. And whomsoever he leads astray, none can guide to the truth. And I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship but Allah alone and that Muhammad wasallam is his slave and messenger. O you who believe, be mindful of Allah as he should be minded and do not die except as Muslims. O mankind, be mindful of your Lord who created you from one soul, and from that soul its mate, and from those two spread many men and many women. And be mindful of the wombs that bore you, and be mindful of those you ask your rights from, for indeed Allah is ever watchful over you. O you who believe, be mindful of Allah and speak the truth, He will guide you to righteous deeds, and He will forgive you of your sins. And whomsoever obeys Allah and His Messenger has achieved the greatest achievement. Indeed, the best of speech is Allah's speech. And the best of guidance is the guidance of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And the worst of affairs are those newly introduced and everything newly introduced in faith is an innovation. And every innovation goes astray and everything which goes astray leads to the hellfire and that which Allah has promised will come to pass and there is nothing that can be done to prevent it. And Imam al-Tirmidhi Rahimahullah Ta'ala collects in his Sunan from Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu that once the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam came to the masjid for Salat al-Fajr and as they waited there for the Fajr prayer the Prophet alayhi salatu wasallam did not come out of his door as was his norm they said we waited until we were anxious that the sun might rise as we sat there and waited. The Prophet ﷺ then entered the masjid hurriedly, hastily. He ordered the iqamah to be made and he led the people in prayer. He prayed quickly and then as soon as he said salam to the right and the left, he turned to the people and he said, Ala makanikum. Stay in your places. He then said, I will tell you the reason why I was late coming to you this morning. Last night, I stood for tahajjud, I stood for prayer. I then after making wudu and saying takbir, prayed whatever Allah had written for me to pray. And while I was praying, I nodded off and fell asleep. It was then, when I was in my dream, that I was in front of Allah, in the most beautiful of appearances. And Allah said to me, Ya Muhammad, فَقُلْتُ لَبَّيْكَ وَسَعْدَيْكَ Ya Rabb. He said, O oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I said, 
at your service and happily so, my Lord. قال يا محمد فيما يختسم الملأ الأعلى O Muhammad, what are the angels of the highest hosts discussing? So I said, Ya Rabbi, la a'rif, la a'lam. Lord, I don't know. He then questioned me again, What are the highest hosts of angels discussing? I said, Lord, I don't know. He then asked a third time, and I said, Lord, I don't know. Then he وسلم, said, I saw him place his palm between my shoulders and I felt the coldness from his touch and then it all became clear to me. And he said to me, Ya Muhammad, فَقُلْتُ لَبَّيْكَ وَسَعْدَيْكَ يَا رَبِّ He said, O oh Muhammad وسلم, I said, at your service and happily so, O Lord. He asked me, what are the hosts on Most High discussing? They're discussing expiations for the sins. He said, and what are those expiations? Qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, al-mashu ila salawat wal-julusu fil-masajid bayna salawat wa-itmam al-wudu'i ala al-makarih. I answered my Lord saying the expiations, the things that you do that forgive your sins, are walking to the congregational prayer. Sitting in the mosque between two prayers and completing your ablution, completing your wudu, when you wash up for prayer, completing your wudu, even when it is difficult. He then said, and what else? I said, it'am al-ta'am. وَلِينُ الْكَلَامِ وَالصَّلَاةُ بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّاسُ I said the other things that are expiations are feeding of food and speaking softly to people and praying at night while others are asleep. He then said to me, if that's the case, then say this when you make dua. اللهم إني أسألك فعل الخيرات وترك المنكرات وحب المساكين وأن تغفر لي وترحمني وإذا أردت فتنة بقوم أو إذا أردت فتنة في قوم فتوفني غير مفتون وأسألك حبك وحب من يحبك وحب عمل يقربني إلى حبك Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed the Prophet sallallahu saying, Say this dua to reach those expiations. O oh Allah, I ask you righteous deeds and a departure from evil deeds. And I ask you for love of the poor and that you forgive me and have mercy upon me. And that if you wish to test a people with some adversity that you allow me to pass unaffected. And I ask you for your love and the love of those that love you and the love of actions that will bring me closer to your love. The Prophet ﷺ then said to his companions, هَذَا حَقٌ فَدَارِسُوهُ وَعَلِّمُوهُ 
he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, this is truth. So study it and teach it. What we want to concentrate on in this tremendous story from the life of the Prophet alayhi salatu is not the more supernatural aspects of it. Here we're looking to the statement of Abu Hanifa rahimahullah ta'ala when he said, لا ينبغي لأحد أن ينطق في ذات الله بشيء بل يصفه بما وصف به نفسه ولا يقول فيه برأيه شيئا تبارك تعالى تبارك تبارك تعالى رب العالمين تبارك وتعالى رب العالمين Abu Hanifa rahimahullah said about describing Allah he said it is not befitting for anyone to speak about the nature of God in any way he should be described as he subhanahu has described himself no one should use their opinion in doing so God is glorified and exalted lord of the worlds Allah ta'ala fa subhanallah rabbil arshi amma yasifun la yus'alu amma yaf'al wa hum yus'alun Glorified is He, Lord of the throne, above all that they ascribe to Him. He is not asked about what He is. He does. It is they that will be asked. So let us concentrate on the things that we can actually actualize in our life from this amazing hadith from the Prophet wasallam. Number one, we can see that the companions, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, were extremely diligent in not only coming to the prayer and not only waiting for the prayer, but in respecting the leadership of their masjid, in waiting for the Prophet ﷺ. Notice how Mu'ad says, we waited until we thought the sun was going to rise. No one stood up and said, Imam's late, let's start the prayer. No, there's a certain etiquette that befits the house of Allah. There's a certain respect that befits the imam of that masjid. And the companions of the Prophet ﷺ embodied that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed the Prophet ﷺ in his dream things that for all of us are unimaginable, but the dreams of the Prophets are revelation from Allah. Just as Ibrahim was shown his son and the great sacrifice in a dream, the Prophet was shown these things in a dream. And in fact, there is nothing left of prophecy. After the death of the Prophet وسلم, except for the true dream of the believer, who a juz'un min arba'ina juz'in min al-nubuwa, it is one fortieth of prophecy that is left. The true dream of the believer. How do I know that a dream is true? Because it is not violent, it is not sexualized, it is not traumatic, and it is clear as day when I wake up. And it holds one of two things. Mubashirat or muhazirat. Things that give you a glad tiding or things that warn you of something to come. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you all good and true dreams. 
This hadith allows us to ask ourselves many things about what we do and ask us how are we translating those things into our daily lives. What was the very first expiation that the Prophet ﷺ was inspired to tell his Lord? He said, Al-Mashu ila salah or Al-Mashu ila jama'at Walking to the congregational prayer. The Prophet ﷺ instructed us, إِذَا أَتَيْتُمُ الصَّلَاةُ When you come to prayer, come in a state of tranquility, a state of reverence. What does this tell us? This tells us that before we come here to the masjid, we have to change our mentality. A lot of us, we show up at the masjid, we're unprepared to accept what the shaykh is saying. To listen to the ayat that are being read in the salah. And then we say to ourselves, I didn't benefit anything when I came to the masjid. But you know if you were going to a dinner at a high class restaurant, what would you do? Well, let me make sure, let me make sure that I don't eat too much. I'm spending all that money on the food. I'm not going to eat too much. I'm going to wear my best clothes. I'm going to make sure that I have the best etiquette when I go so I get good service. I'm going to prepare in every way possible to make that experience the most. So we have to do the same when we come to the masjid. Otherwise, we cannot expect anything except we put in what we put into it. We wonder why our children don't like coming to the masjid. The masjid does not have to be everything to everyone. We don't have to have a playground here in the middle of the musalla in order for our children to understand the masjid. But we ourselves have to embody the tranquility and the reverence in order for them to embody the tranquility and the reverence. If our hearts are running non-stop and we're trying to rush in and rush out, what do we expect for them? So it takes leadership from us as mothers and fathers, as grandmothers and grandfathers, to, enti- to not only entice them, but also instruct them kindly on the way to act while we are in the masjid. I'm going to ask everyone that's sitting close to the door, and specifically on this side of the masjid, to move this way. We have sparsity over here. So everyone that's over here, move up please. Everyone that's here, move up. And if you're looking at me and thinking that I'm talking to you, yes, I'm talking to you. Everyone that's here, move up. Everyone there by the door, move inside, please. Are we preparing mentally and spiritually for the most important act that we can perform? And I say this to you knowing that for many of you, it's difficult to get to the masjid for every prayer. So I want you to do something special to make this actionable. A man came to the Prophet ﷺ and said... I can't make it to the masjid. I don't hear the adhan. It's too far for me. So he took a room of his house and made that room a musalla. And asked the Prophet for his barakah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, to pray in that room. So make sure that you have a portion of your home that you set aside to know that this is the place in the house where anyone can go and find the tranquility and the reverence that is due for the greatest act of worship in Islam. 
sitting in the mosque between the prayers. Waiting from one prayer to another is an act of worship in and of itself. And the question that we have to ask ourselves here is, am I willing to sacrifice some time for the sake of my Lord? Am I willing to cut myself off from everything else and attach my heart to Allah? It's very easy to think that I should rush in and rush out from the prayer. But there's a reason why the Prophet ﷺ every Ramadan would make i'tikaf. Because it's important that we cut ourselves off. That we turn off our cell phones. That we turn off the television. That we have time in our lives where we have nothing to connect to but Allah. And that teaches us the importance of connecting to Him. Subhana. Are you ready to sacrifice your time for the service of Him? Subhana. Perfecting your wudu even when it's difficult. When it's cold outside, like days like these, it can be very, uh, very enticing to not roll your, you know, especially if you're working a corporate job and you have those nice starched shirts and you don't want to roll your arms up all the way, you know. It can be very enticing to shortcome your, your wudu. But should our lack of creature comforts prevent us from doing what is right? People have never been destroyed due to the actions of evil people. They've only been destroyed due to the inaction of those that knew what was right and didn't do it. And in this is a small reminder that we can't be passive and we can't be aggressive. But we have to be assertive in doing what we know is right, even though it causes us some discomfort in ordering the good and forbidding the evil. And in the small act of wudu is a reminder of that. Feeding, the pe- feeding people food is another act that the Prophet ﷺ, feeding food to whom? To the Muslims to the non-Muslims, to the hungry, to the starving, to the poor, all of the above. Everyone that can be fed, one way to their heart is by feeding them. This is an act that you can do that's simple, but yet will get you great reward and expiate your sins. And it allows you to give up something that you love. And in fact, some of the salat, like Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, any time he would, he would crave some food, he would tell his family, make me this food. <laughs> like one time he craved faluda. Everyone know what faluda is? It's a, it's a sweet, it's a Persian sweet. He said, I'm craving faluda. So he said, what should we do? Make it. So after they made it, he said, take it to the poor people down the street, deliver it to them. All of his kids Dad, you had us make all these sweets. Buy the material, make it. Deliver it to some. We didn't get to have any of it. He said, اشتهيته وتذكرت قوله سبحانه وتعالى لن تنالوا البر حتى تنفقوا مما تحبون فأحببته فأنفقته. He said, I was craving it. And then I remembered Allah's statement, you'll never reach the pinnacle of piety 
until you give from what you love. And I loved this today, so I gave it away. And this is in a lesson that many times the things that we love to gain more of, we have to give them up. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ar-Rahimuna yarhamuhum ar-Rahman Irhamu man fil ardi Yarhamu kaman fil sama Those who show mercy Ar-Rahman The most merciful will have mercy upon Have mercy on those in the earth He who is above the heavens Will show you mercy Wassalatu billayli wa nasu niyam And praying at night While people are asleep There is perhaps no other action that we can do besides fasting that is that much more hidden from the public than waking up late, late at night when everyone is sleeping and turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many times we wonder why our dua is not answered, why we're having difficulties, why things are going or not going the way that we want. But I'm here to tell you that the Prophet ﷺ said that in the third part of every night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, هَلْ مِنْ مُسْتَغْفِرٍ فَأَغْفِرُ لَهُ هَلْ مِنْ تَائِبٍ فَأَتُوبُ عَلَيْهِ Is there anyone that will seek forgiveness so that I might forgive him? Is there anyone repenting so that I can accept his repentance? هَلْ مِنْ سَائِلٍ فَأَعْطِيَهِ Is there anyone asking so that I can give him? Your Lord is waiting for you. In the third part of the night, don't allow that opportunity to pass you by. أقول ما تسمعون وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. الحمد لله وحده الصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين. Let's take the other part, the last part of the hadith, and ponder upon the things that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala told the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم to use in dua. اللهم إني أسألك فعل الخيرات. Asking Allah to to grant us good deeds and to help us leave off the evil in our lives means we recognize our own limitations. And that it's only through His help that we can become better. Now I want to draw your attention to something. It's not simply sufficient to try and pray away your problems. Prayer is the catalyst that moves you forward. But if you have the ability to do the good, or to leave off the bad, and you choose not to, then that is on you. 
Meaning that Allah will guide you to, the do, to doing good deeds And He'll guide you to leaving off bad deeds And you can pray and ask every day In Surah Al-Fatiha You alone we worship You alone we seek assistance from But the initiative has to come from you If words alone were enough Then we should be able to enter our cars And say to ourselves Alhamdulillah I have the best car the fastest car. And just sit there and see if it goes anywhere. It won't go anywhere unless we put the key in the ignition, turn it on and step on the gas. A man came to the Prophet ﷺ. He said, Ataytul masjid wa ma'i naqati afa'aqiluha am atawakkal A man came to the masjid. He, was, he rode there on his camel. He said, I came here with my camel. Should I tie it up or should I trust in Allah? The Prophet ﷺ said, Tie it up and trust in Allah. When you have a headache, yes, you make dua for shifa, and then you use the aspirin or the ibuprofen that it gave you. So using the means is part of your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And love of the poor and the indigent. Love of the poor means that we're asking for humility in worship of Allah and humility in dealing with the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, إِنَّمَا تُنْصَرُونَ بِضُعْفَائِكُمْ You are only given victory due to the weak and oppressed amongst you. How many of us in these days of cold and difficulty have really thought how much we have, how much we really have been blessed, and how much people or how many people are out there that are that much more needy than us. People sleeping in the streets without blankets, without clothing to cover them. People who are refugees, new to the country, in need. Maybe they have a roof over their head. But they are sleeping on the floor. We have so much to be thankful for. So much to show gratitude for. And that gratitude means that we should love those who are less fortunate than us. Do you know why? Some of the salaf, Al-Fudayl ibn Iyad, Rahimahullah, he used to say, Ajaban lil Yahmiluna Amazing are the poor. They carry our rewards for us to Allah on the day of judgment. Every person that's in need is an opportunity for you to prove your love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to love those things that Allah loves and to be the conduit of mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to be. Asking Allah for forgiveness and mercy means that we know that there is no true success without it. That we will always make mistakes. That we will always have problems. And that as long as we're working for Allah's love, and the love of those things that He loves, then Allah will forgive us and have mercy upon us. The Prophet ﷺ heard a man making dua. Allahumma inni as'aluka sabr. Allahumma inni as'aluka sabr. The man was making dua saying, Oh Allah, I ask you for patience. I ask you for patience. 
The Prophet ﷺ said, Ya hadha, innama sa'alta Allah al-bala' Ida sa'altum Allah fa'as'alullah al-afiyah He said, you've only asked Allah for affliction. When you ask Allah, ask Him for help. Ask Him for freedom from problems. So, we don't go looking for the problems. فَإِذَا أَرَدْتَ فِتْنَةً فِي قَوْمٍ فَتَوَفَّنِي غَيْرَ مَفْتُونَ If you want to try some people, then allow me to pass without being tried. Allow me to escape the tribulations and the problems of life. And then he said, اللَّهُمَّ أَنِّي أَسْأَلُكَ حُبَّكَ وَحُبَّ مَنْ يُحِبَّكَ وَحُبَّ عَمَلًا يُقَرِّبُنَا إِلَى حُبَّكَ This shows us that we can't do this alone. If we're going to strive for excellence as Muslims, we need to be with Allah and hope that Allah is with us. And we need to be with the jama'ah, with our community to work together for the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every place, every one of us needs some place and some people that we can rely on. And we need those people who can remind us that the most important thing in our lives is La ilaha illallah. And through it, we attain the love and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, he said, لا تدخلون الجنة حتى تؤمنوا ولا تؤمنوا حتى تحابوا أَوَلَا أَدُلُّكُمْ عَلَى شَيْءٍ إِذَا فَعَلْتُمُوهُ تَحَابَبْتُمْ أَفْشُ السَّلَامَ بَيْنَكُمْ You will not enter Jannah until you believe and you will not believe until you love one another. Shall I not show you something that when you do it, you will cause each other to love one another? Greet everyone with peace amongst yourselves. So in this day when we are listening to this hadith of the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, and asking Allah, Allahumma in nas'aluka hubbak. O Allah, we ask you for your love. And the love of those that love you. And the love of actions that will bring us closer to your love. I want you, now that you know that there's one thing you can do before you leave today to gain the love of Allah, I want each and every one of you, as you look out in the crowd, you're going to see four or five people that you see every Friday, but you've never spoken to. You've never reached your hand out to. You've never given them salam. Because you don't know who they are, where they're from, or you have no... They are your Muslim brother or sister. Say salam to them. Reach out your hand. Get to know them. That is the spreading of peace that the Prophet ﷺ that wants us. And do it with the intention of gaining the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَغْفِرْ لَنَا ذُنُوبَنَا وَإِسْرَافَنَا فِي أَمْدِنَا وَثَمِّتْ أَقْدَامَنَا يَا رَبَّ الْعَالَمِينَ O oh Allah, forgive us, of our fa- forgive us of our sins and our transgressions and our affairs and make our feet firm, O oh Lord of the world. Allahumma inna nat'aluka hubbak wa man yuhibbak wa amalan yuqarribuna ila hubbika ya rabbil alameen. O Allah, we ask you for your love and the love of those that love you and the, lo- and the love of actions that bring us closer to your love. Allah, mahdina wa hdi abna'ina wa banatina wa zawjatina wa azwajina وَجِدَّاتِنَا وَأَجْدَادِنَا يَا رَبَّ الْعَالَمِينَ O Allah, guide us and our sons and our daughters, our wives and our husbands, our grandparents and our grandmothers, our mothers and our fathers. Allah, مهدي زملائنا وجيرانا يا رب العالمين. O Allah, guide our friends and our, and our, and our neighbors, يَا رَبَّ الْعَالَمِينَ Allah, عباد الله, إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإتائي ذي القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيدكم لعلكم تذكرون 
اذكروا الله العزيز الجلي اذكركم واشكروه على نعمه يزدكم ولا ذكر الله اكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون واقم الصلاه الله اكبر الله